Marino's got two goals, four assists. He's tied for the NHL scoring lead through three games, and he wants me to believe that that's not a big thing. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates, the other two teams in town that I cover that I hope you'll check out as well. Yevgeny Malkin is ablaze through the Penguins' 2-1 and start that included over the weekend resounding, really, I thought, victories in Washington and then back here in Pittsburgh against the Flames. I understand that not every portion of all six of those periods was perfect, particularly not the first two here against Calgary. Uh, There was a lot left to be desired by a lot of players when it came, especially early Saturday, to just being strong on the puck, authoritative on the puck, uh, Mike Sullivan term, stiff on the puck. But one player was an exception because he's been that way from the first shift of the first game onward. He's been the Penguins' best player, I think, by a pretty solid margin through these three games. That's been Gino. And Gino, when he's like this, when he goes into the old beast mode or what Brooks Orpik used to call the Russian bear, don't poke the Russian bear. When he's been that way, there's often throughout his career been something that's prodding him. There's something that's maybe even bugging him. It can be a negative thing. So I asked, I asked Saturday night, you know, what, what's gotten into you? Do you know what what is yeah. you motivated right now? Especially these last couple of games. What's what's into you right now? I mean season just started guys, it's just three yeah. games. Like what's motivated? Like uh again, like score goals, like be better from Russia, you know? Again, like I mean lots of motivation. It's uh, again like uh I don't want to step on ice and do nothing. I mean just cater out, you know. It's like interesting, like you win game, you like good mood after. I mean, it's a look around, like everybody smile right now, it's like so much better, like tomorrow, like we have practice and like so much better mood, like when you come to read. Awesome. So he'd go on to make jokes about how he's going to win the Hart Trophy for being great through three games, how he's now going to chase Alexander Ovechkin and pursuing Wayne Gretzky's goal record and all kinds of other stuff that you expect from him when he's in a whimsical mood, which is almost always So this is just the norm. This is just what we're going to come to expect in the twilight of his career. That's how he wanted to present it. I got to tell you, I kind of like that because more important than anything that he says, he's backing it up. If you go back to the beginning of last season, You're going to find an 82-game track record, and I do mean 82 because he played in every one of them, of filling all 200 feet of ice. It doesn't mean he was at his absolute best in every one of those games. It doesn't mean that he didn't try harder in some than in others. But for the most part, the effort and the focus, the fire that he's shown 
has been overall 200 by 85. And that's not a Geno that we saw before last season. Not unless the games really mattered. Not unless something was really bothering him. And maybe more than anything right now, the fact that he's blowing off any kind of uh, higher ideals behind the way he's playing right now is a really good thing. Because Gino, maybe even more so than Sid, and hear me out on this, is a guy who can be exceptionally dynamic in the defensive zone. Please don't misinterpret that. Sid is a more diligent defensive player. He's always been that. Sid has been mentioned as a possible nominee for the Selkie Trophy over the years. Not an accident. Gino will be mentioned for one of those in 2000 and never, in large part because Gino's still going to make his share of giveaways. But what you're seeing from him, the dynamism, how do I say this without incriminating myself? Because I, I, I tell you guys all the time, I never compare anyone or anything to Mario in any capacity. So, so please set this off to the side. But the one thing that Mario could do defensively was when he was invested in it, when he was interested in it, he was the very best defensive forward in the NHL. You know why? Because he was the very best at everything in the NHL. All right. Now, the dynamism is what I'm describing here, not the regularity, not the application of it. Gino has a much better chance of creating a takeaway in the defensive zone, for example, than Sid does. Gino has a much better chance of turning up ice individually following some sort of turnover than Sid does. Not by a lot, but by some. Now, from there, graft this on top. Because players and Mike Sullivan were both praising Gino over the weekend for the precision of the passes that he's making right now. It's not like Gino just learned how to pass. It's not like Gino's got on some upward curve to becoming a better passer. However, when he's really on, when he's covering all this ice, there's going to be, I believe, this is only my theory, more of an investment in not just throwing the puck away. You worked so hard to get it, you might as well do something good with it. So the best example, and this is the one that had Sullivan singing through the weekend, came in Washington when he came back hard on a back check, steals the puck from the Capitals, turns, whirls, and fires it up the middle of the ice to spring Riley Smith who finished beautifully, by the way, with a wrist shot. That's, that's, that's encouraging. Again, I'm not being dumb here. I'm not suggesting Gino's got some other level. He is who he is, which is a truly generational player. But it's okay to say, hey, you're doing all of this stuff really well right now. Whether or not he wants to hear it. When we come back, J1Q. 
This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Family Table, a local company that brings delicious food to busy families. They offer family-style complete meals or a la carte items like lean proteins, perfect for muscle building and weight loss. If you're not local, gift cards are also available for your Pittsburgh-based family and friends. Go to FamilyTablePGH.com. That's FamilyTablePGH.com. And use the code DK40 or DK40 for 40% off and free delivery on your first order. Order by noon today for Thursday delivery. Today's J1Q comes from Dan, and he says, DK, do we need to be worried like last season with no major production from the third and fourth lines yet? Dan, first of all, I'll, I'll correct you. You say no major production. There's been no production. There's been nothing offensive yet from that group. And should you be worried about it? Probably not. But I'm going to say that only for right now. Just as Gino can downplay my question about the three games, I can downplay something about Three games as it applies to the bottom six. The The main thing, and I was telling you guys this even before training camp opened, but then all through camp, the main thing that Kyle Dubas had in mind when he put these guys together in conjunction with Mike Sullivan was that they would defend and that they'd be hard to play against. For the most part, with some exceptions, they've been that. And I'll give credit for that. Where I won't give credit is zero offense, and I really don't like the fact that they've taken a total of six minor penalties, half of those going to Lars Eller, who I think has otherwise played really well. Uh, That's not okay. One thing that you definitely don't want to do is have your penalty killers sitting in the box. That's a lose-lose. And if they're not scoring at all to offset that, it's that much worse. However, however, if you go over their individual performances, the advanced metrics and so forth, they've defended okay. They haven't been great. Some have been better than others. I've noticed more of a pattern when it comes to the blue line, to be honest with you, than I have with anything related to the bottom six. Uh, The third pairing, of Chad Ruedel and P.O. Joseph has not been good. And that's saying something considering they're not playing that much. They can go out there and just leave it all on the rink because they're only getting a handful of shifts every game, but the handful of shifts are not going well. There's been too much sustained pressure against them. There's been too many goals against them. I also wasn't crazy about Ryan Graves' Over the weekend, that surprised me because I really liked what I saw of him in the opener. So I'm not sure what to think there, and I'm not sure if I should even express anything because it's been three games. See, that's the beauty of being able to talk about Gino. It's like you don't have to wonder what's real and what isn't. Gino can do all the stuff that I was going through in the opening segment. I don't know about Graves yet. I don't know about these bottom six guys. I feel like I learned something a little more about each of them individually 
with each passing game, maybe even with each passing shift. Jansen Harkins is the guy that really jumps out for me in that regard. Not to say that he's been better than the other six. I'm just saying that he jumps out for me. I feel like I learn a lot about him with each game. Not all of it great. Not all of it great. Uh, He looks occasionally fast. He looks occasionally like he's dragging behind the play. He looks occasionally like he's got some puck skills, and then he looks like it's a it's like a landmine on his blade. So probably the best, safest, maybe even the smartest answer I can give here is that I just don't know. I really don't. I appreciate the question anyway. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 